This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Jazzcast Pros. Welcome to Healthy Illness, a podcast helping you build healthier relationships while living with mental health conditions. I am your host, Kelly Marie. Thank you for listening. Today's podcast is all about a mental health diagnosis, the importance of it, and quite frankly, where I am in my mental health diagnosis of borderline personality disorder. By the end of today's podcast, my goal is to have you be just as confused as I am. So let's dive right in, like, subscribe, and share if you find this podcast beneficial. Big shout out to Denise. Thank you, Denise, for reaching out via Spotify and leaving a comment. You too can leave a comment on the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform, be it Spotify or Apple or Google uh, Podbean. So right now I am in the midst of a diagnosis situation. As you know, I live with mental health conditions, two of them being generalized anxiety and depression, the third being borderline personality disorder. And I've talked a little bit about BPD on the show and what it means to me and what it is in general, you know, and and how I live with this particular diagnosis. But I was talking to someone that I'm very close to and Um, They're dealing with the possibility of, I mean, you know, just asking the questions about their own mental health and and what their mental health diagnosis could be. They they have not been diagnosed and understand the benefits of having a diagnosis, but also the the questions that arise when having one. And in this case, I think, you know, algorithms be algorithming. And I ended up getting this, like uh, when I go to Google, it gives me a list of articles that I think would be important based upon what I click and say in the space that I'm in. Anyways, the article was about a woman who was misdiagnosed and she was originally diagnosed with borderline personality disorder and lived with that diagnosis for five or so years and was then diagnosed with autism. So I thought it was interesting because that has been a conversation I've had with some folks lately, not about me specifically, but about diagnoses and the benefits of a diagnosis. And to be to be honest and fair and truthful and whatever, having a diagnosis is beneficial because it, it helps you kind of frame your recovery. I personally was initially diagnosed with postpartum depression. That was back in the 1900s. So when I was in the postpartum phase of parenthood. With my oldest kid, I was diagnosed with postpartum depression. That was later re-diagnosed with bipolar disorder. That fit better than postpartum depression because I did have highs and lows, but it, it wasn't, I mean, that's what they told me, right? So I'm expecting the medical professionals to know what they're talking about. Then suicide attempt later in recovery and such, I was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, which seemed to fit better than bipolar disorder. 
So I had to get comfortable with that diagnosis and do my own research and stuff. And it did seem to fit. It it still does seem to fit. But there's over 400 mental health diagnoses. It's possible out of the three that I've received that um they might not quite be it. And so this article pops up about BPD and autism and come to find out autism is underdiagnosed in women and BPD is underdiagnosed in men. More men are diagnosed with autism. More women are diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. And there's reasons behind that in how women are trained in society to present themselves and how men are perceived and and all of that. And so a diagnosis is only as good as the information that the qualified medical professional has and the training and understanding that the medical professional has. And so these two things have to come together in order for the accurate diagnosis to be made. And so the more information you have about a thing, perhaps, you know, the, the better the diagnosis can be. So when we think about a couple things, like most medical professionals, not just mental health professionals, but most medical professionals are men. Most researchers are men. And so when it comes to understanding the female anatomy, the female biology, psychology, chemistry, they don't have a lens of understanding unless they have forced themselves to do so. The assumption being, and in most medicine is based off of the male anatomy, including things like, you know, gynecology. It's like, oh, we don't have that. So maybe it's different, right? So anyways, but the same is true for mental health and and mental health conditions. The white man being the standard for understanding and diagnoses, because again, most medical professionals in Western medicine are white men. So go figure, there's that piece. And so when I, I recently read this article about autism, it was speaking to me and like now I'm confused. And so I did a little research on BPD and autism, you know, the reasons why this exists. And so there's a lot of overlap between the two. There's a lot of overlap in the external presentation. And so when someone is talking to a person, it's not necessarily easy to be able to pinpoint the difference between the two. One of the articles that I read spoke from a perspective of why. You know, in order to be able to accurately diagnose, one needs to ask the questions why a person's doing a thing because the external symptom or action or behavior can be the same, but the reason why the person is behaving in that way may be different. And so let me give you the example of me personally with my mental health condition, whatever the label for that is. So I adopt that a good word? Yeah, I may adopt behaviors of other people. And so in borderline personality disorder, those folks tend to try on a characteristic or personality, a way a person talks or stands or dresses, or, you know, they'll try that on and, and walk around in that personality for fit. Whereas with autism, a person observes the actions of others and due to their inability to naturally react in the same way, they will adopt the societal expectation for that thing. An example, I have a a married couple that I'm close to and they know about my mental health history 
And they're kind of like my personality gatekeepers when I can't just be myself. And by being myself, like be inappropriate and say things that may be a little off color and, and swear and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So when I have to fit into society's narrow presentation or view of how a person should respond or react, I will watch them and see how they respond. And then I mimic that response for that situation. I don't alternatively say, oh, let me try on that response or let me try on that part of a personality and adopt that as my thing. It's more like I know because of how people respond to me that my response is inappropriate. Let me see how other people respond in an acceptable way and respond that way. And so I do surround myself with people that are socially adept. I think that's probably the best word. And use them as a bellwether for how I should act and respond. I was laughing with a girlfriend of mine. We went for a walk and I was explaining to her, you know, about this research that I'm doing. And oddly enough, she too had been getting an article or two on autism and BPD. So algorithms, algorithming. But I told her, like, listen, I'm looking at some of my behaviors and they fit in this bucket of not BPD. So I'm not going to say autism because I, I don't have that as a diagnosis, but in this not BPD bucket. One of the things I use, I was like, you know, it's like when I see somebody or someone sees me and they're really excited to see me and they're like, oh my gosh, Kelly, hey, ah, how are you? And, you know, I'm like, hey, how you doing? Right? Like my response doesn't match their response. Like, and I'll be genuinely excited to see that person. But, you know, my response is like, you know, hey, what's up? And she busted out laughing and she was like, oh my God, you do do that. It's something that other people see and notice. And then having that conversation with her, I'm like, oh, people probably think I don't like them because I don't respond in that, you know, overly jovial kind of way. And she was like, yeah, but I know that that's you. And I don't take that, you know, any kind of way. That's just you. I know you love me. I know you care about me. I know you do almost anything for me. Like, that's just who you are. You and I are friends, right? Like, what about the people that don't know that I'm not an asshole? I mean, I am though. I'm not really. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. But I share that because a person on the outside looking in will see that may, you know, see that and be like, oh, sometimes Kelly's so excited and happy and sometimes she's not like that inconsistent personality trait. If you're enjoying this episode, check out High Vibe Table Talks, where we start to remove mental barriers and take action now so you can achieve your someday desires. I'm your host, Mershawn Hargrave. And if you've ever heard that little voice inside to go after something, but the fear around the unknown felt too big, this is the podcast for you. Listen and subscribe to High Vibe Table Talks on the Jazzcast Pros Network with the podcast listener you're using right now because it is high time you activated your high vibes. If you've been thinking about starting a podcast and you want to include interviews with people across town, Riverside.fm offers unbelievable high-quality recordings regardless of your or your guest internet quality, and it also gives you separate audio and video tracks for each person speaking. 
And unlike Zoom, you don't have to install anything on your computer and your guests don't either. Head over to Riverside.fm and use promo code JazzyCast to get 60 free minutes of recording and 15% off a membership plan. The link is in the show notes. And, then, and so I made a list of things that fall in this not BPD bucket. Again, I, I don't know that autism is the proper diagnosis, although it, it makes more sense than borderline personality disorder. But again, 400 diagnoses, like it could be some other things. For example, I emailed my therapist the article. I'm like, hey, check this out. And her response was, which was really interesting. And so I cannot wait for my next appointment. Yeah, BPD never sat well with her as far as my diagnosis. And let's look at complex PTSD. Her request was that I not go down the Google hole, and I did not. But I did do a little bit of of searching just to get a better understanding of what complex PTSD is. And that fits too. Like, and that will be a great conversation. So I'll keep you up to date on what that conversation is like. But at the same time, you know, I'm wondering. What relationships have I not had because people have found out about BPD and like, I'm not going down that road. That chick's crazy. And would a different diagnosis have changed some of the relationships that I've had? Going back to the article that I read, and I'll put it in the show notes. You know, the woman experienced uh, issues. People, they went, you know, like from aversion to sympathy, she didn't want either. She just wants to be accepted as who she is. But she was in a custody battle with her ex-husband and once and, and that with this BPD diagnosis. And once she was re-diagnosed as autistic, he, you know, now was open and receptive to joint custody, right? Like there are definitely tangible pros and cons to having a diagnosis. And being misdiagnosed, one of the other things that she ran into was the inability to receive assistance. And this is, is happened, and I've read about this, people with a BPD diagnosis, borderline personality diagnosis, run into problems finding a therapist. Therapists don't want to deal with people with BPD. Medical professionals don't want to deal with people with BPD. People that are involved in the criminal justice system are less likely to be hurt and seen with BPD than with a, a diagnosis of like autism or PTSD. And so there are, again, some very serious ramifications of being misdiagnosed. And I think I fall a little bit less in that category because I'm so quote unquote well-adjusted and people can't openly discriminate against you because of a diagnosis. In part, having this BPD diagnosis has allowed me to be more of a poster child, quote unquote, for mental health recovery and showing that, you know, healing is possible. Regardless of the diagnoses, that's still very much my story. I am intrigued to go down this path and see what else is out there. But, you know, DBT therapy still works for me. You know, mindfulness still works for me. And I don't know that I would have found either one of those things with another diagnosis. I am sharing this with you now because I think it's really important to let you know where I'm at when you're talking to me. I I think it's important to not wait and say, oh, yeah, last year I was going through this thing that I didn't share with you. And that's totally okay for people. Like if 
you know, whatever. And I might go through something tomorrow that I don't share with you ever, let alone when I'm going through it. But this particular situation, I, I really think is important to share as I'm going through it, trying to, you know, be more vocal and, and stuff when it comes to life in general. But because mental health and mental health conditions are such a huge part of uh, front seat life and healthy illness, it just made sense to to share this space with you right now. So I am in a state of diagnostic confusion, but not in a state of personal confusion because I do have the tools and I know that the tools work. And regardless of what the diagnosis is, I know it is only helping me get to a healthier place. I was talking to a good friend of mine and was sharing this whole process, you know, in real time. And they said, look, everybody's got problems. You just know the title of yours. And I was like, yo, that's deep. You know I mean, well, I guess it wasn't really, I mean, that was just like the truth, but that perspective was really eye-opening and allowed me to see myself and take myself with a, a little more grace because everybody's got issues. That's a, a tenet of living the front seat life, right? Like you got issues. I do too. And at the end of the day, that's really what it's all about, Grace. You know, being in the present moment, living right here, right now, making better decisions for me overall from a, a place of grace, from a place of, you know, not always getting it right, from a, a place of practice, from a place of trying. And in me being on this journey and, and trying and trying to be graceful, right? Not always getting it right. Hopefully, I'm encouraging you to do the same. So diagnosis or not diagnosis, re-diagnosis, updated diagnosis, whatever your position and stance on it is, just make sure that it's a, a good decision for you. Again, I don't think I'd have the tools that I have. I'm fairly certain I wouldn't, but I can't go back and change the course of time to figure out if I would or wouldn't. So I'm thankful that I've had this process of diagnosing my mental health conditions. And, you know, no matter where the dial ends, you know, the, the, the diagnoses land, I know that the work that I've done has been necessary for me to be a better me, regardless of what a book or a list of symptoms would label me as. So we'll continue this conversation. When I know more, you will know more. In the meantime, use the tools, figure out what works for you, what doesn't work for you. It's all a part of the journey. Greetings, everyone. My name is Ra. Yes, I am the host of Father Torch. I would like to take this time to invite you in my discussions on very, very important topics of being a black and brown father in today's society. Being a parent, the other parent, we face trials and tribulations too. We have worries, we have feelings. Here at Father Torch, we promote the advocacy of being the dad you wish you had. Join me at fathertorch.com. If you are in need of someone to speak to, if you're in crisis, please dial 988 on your phone. If you are uh, with someone who is in crisis, dial 988 on your phone. 
they will help you help that person until help arrives. If you are looking for resources, don't know where to go, who to call, you can dial 211 on your phone or go to 211 in your browser. It's a national resource line. And so that's in the continental US. I know that there are folks from all over the world that are listening and I appreciate you wherever you are. So until the next time, be the light. Yes, be the light. Hey, if you like this episode, check out Getting Real with Bossy, where we chat about what it's like to be a woman business owner. You'll hear interviews with women who are doing what it takes to succeed and the reality of what that looks like. We cover all the topics, figuring out the rules and regulations, navigating business partnerships, even if that's your spouse, motherhood while running a business, working within your values, and all the ups and downs of being the boss. Are you ready to get real? Pop over to our podcast, Getting Real with Bossy. Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Kelly. The host of Getting Real with Bossy, the real, raw, and honest podcast about small business ownership. We created Bossy to be a safe place to ask the hard questions and to get support that's necessary. With our experience, nine businesses in over 25 years, we continue to bear it all and share what we wish we had known. We move past the must-be-nices and start getting real. Come along as we interview small business owners and get the true story. Leave with another tool for the next time you feel alone on this journey. Business ownership leads to unexpected knowledge. What are you an expert at? Tell us at Getting Real with Bossy and subscribe today.